0: Good evening, my apologies. To, we, we're going to attempt this week to finish off Hilfus Kiddush mm-hmm. and then start in two weeks' time, if we can, Hilfus bishal That's what we're aiming to do and that's what we're going to try and do tonight. There's quite a few halakhas which are still left in Hilfus Kiddush and a little bit in the halakhas of... Mm-hmm. I'll, I will do that, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there are a few halakhas in the halakhas of... Uh, of which are a little bit relevant to Friday night I'd like to try and do those if we can uh, hopefully we'll get through them all this evening just repeat what we learned last week and we'll come to Mrs. Graydon's uh, request in a few minutes so just sit patiently we'll get there we discussed last week, two weeks ago that uh, the Meccabish, the one who makes Kiddish, must drink a Malay Lugmav a Malay Lugmav is what we call a rave of Revit a mouthful of wine from the case of Kiddush, from the Kiddush cup. We then mentioned there's a three-way machlakus, wh- who needs to drink and how can one get to the amount of a mouthful. The main shitter is that the one who actually makes Kiddush must drink the Malay Lugmov and if he doesn't, one is not Yeso. However, the, there's a middle shitter and if one can't, if the one who's making Kiddush can't drink, the middle shitter is that somebody else, somebody who's listening to the Kiddush and being Yetz with the Kiddush, he, that the other person can also drink from that wine, and the Yetz, the mitzvah of Shtiyah, the mitzvah of drinking the wine, instead of the Mikavish. The third and in dire straits, if one can't find a single person in a room to drink the wine, then you can give a small amount of wine to all those who are listening, and together, if all those drinking make up the share of, a look of, of a mouthful, then one is Yetz to the mitzvah of Kiddush. But ideally, the Mikavish, the, the one who's making Kiddush, should drink, next best is somebody else who's listening, should drink, and third best, is, if altogether, all the people are listening, drink a small bit, and there's, there's a share of Malay drunk from the cup of wine, then that's okay. We then mentioned the, the uh, halacha of if the listeners, when can they drink? Can they drink before the Makadish or do they have to wait till the Makaddish is actually drunk? And we said it makes a difference. If the listeners all have their own cup of wine in front of them during Kiddish, then they can drink immediately. They do not have to wait for the Makadish to drink. This is a rule which runs across both Kiddush and Hamaitzi we'll see in Hamaitzi as well that the people listening shouldn't eat their own bread until the person who's made the brocha on the bread has actually eaten his bread so here's well, the people who are drinking shouldn't drink until the person who's making Kiddush has drunk unless they have a cup of wine in front of them so it's as if they've made their own Kiddush on their own cup of wine then they can drink immediately if the person who made Kiddush spoke after Kiddush before after Kiddush before drinking then he's yoked to the midst of Kiddush, he's fulfilled his midst of Kiddush, because he's made Kiddush on a cup of wine, he's not ruined his Kiddush, but what he has ruined, is his bracha of beri piyagofin. You can't make a bracha on any food, and speak between the bracha and the eating, that, that, that's not allowed. So in order to get around that, you would have to make another bracha of beri piyagofin. So if you speak after the Kiddush, before you drink, you have to make another bracha of beri piyagofin, as we'll see later in the Shere tonight, that applies even to the people who are listening to the Kiddush. If they speak after Kiddush, before they've actually drunk, If they're going to drink, then they would have to make another brokho, Bochai Gochen, when they drink. If the Mikaddish spilt the cup of wine before he could drink, or if he left the room before he could could drink, and then came back again, the same halacha applies, you have to drink from the wine, so you'd have to refill the cup of wine if it spilled, and drink from a second cup of wine. If you had no intention to drink another cup of wine, you would have to make another brokho, but only both Gochen, you do not need to make Kiddush again. And again, if you left the room before drinking for whatever reason, an important reason, and then you came back, you have to make a new boy goffin You do not have to make a new kiddush. If you make kiddush on your cup of wine and you found it to be vinegar, which can happen, then you are not to kiddush because vinegar is not a liquid that one can make kiddush on, and therefore your kiddush is not kiddush. You have to repeat your kiddush, the whole kiddush completely again. Oh, however, if you found that you, you, the person poured out the cup of wine, and you realize after this wasn't a cup of wine, it was a cup of Hama Medina, a cup of a national drink, which we will discuss, we discussed at length last week, we'll mention again in the Chazor in a few minutes, then, since one can make Kiddush with the Everd on Hama Medina, one can make Kiddush on a national drink with the Eved. the Kiddush is considered a good Kiddush, however the Boi Prai is wrong, because you made Boi Prai thinking it was a cup of wine, really you have to make the shahako so you have to make the shahako drink it, and then you go to your Kiddush. We then discussed with respect to this, the different minhagim of washing before Kiddush. The Mechaber says that the Mechadish, now the people who are listening to Kiddush can wash whenever. They can wash before Kiddush, they can wash after Kiddush. There is no issue with nobody. Everybody agrees, all the is the Mechaber and the Ramar, both agree that the listeners can wash whenever. The problem is the Mechadish, the one who's making Kiddush, can he wash before Kiddush and then make Kiddush and then make Hamotzi straight away? Or do we say that the fact that he's made Kiddush in between the washing and the Hamotzi that considered, that's considered a break, and therefore the washing is not, you have to rewash again. Now the Machabish says it's considered a break, and the, the person who's making Kiddush must wash after Kiddush. The Ramah says the Minig is, and that's the Minig in a lot of Ashkenaz was to, even the Machabish, to wash before, then make Kiddush, and then make Kamayti straight away. The difference comes out, now we said somebody who has a Minig to wash before, fine, he should keep his Minig. Somebody who has a Minig to wash afterwards, should keep his Minig. Somebody who has no Minig should, wash afterwards because since it's a machlekes if you have no vinegar you might as well fulfill the machaber as well the difference between the two argument we said comes out in this case if you made kiddush on your wine thinking it was wine then you realize it was vinegar if you've washed already before kiddush so your kiddush can now be kiddush on the bread as well it doesn't have to be just on the wine so be the average, you can make kiddush on the bread since you've washed already and you can go straight into the see your kiddush is considered a kiddush and you don't have to repeat Kiddush again, you can just make a mochi, and you'll you've fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush. So there, those people are the vinegar of the Ramav. Washing before will gain slightly, in the odd case where the wine is, is, is has turned to vinegar without you realizing We then went through a list of, in, uh, of rules of what, wine, of what wine can be used for Kiddush. Um, we said wine which has a bad smell shouldn't be used for Kiddush. Wine which has been left open to the extent that the openness changes its taste, or it's been left open overnight, can't be used for Kiddush. Yai Magullin, even though my Magullin, though any liquid which was left open, we do drink nowadays, but yain Magullin left overnight, one shouldn't use for Kiddush. If it's been left in a cupboard overnight open, there are those who are makol. Uh, grape juice, we said, is, is, is okay, is perfectly okay to use for Kiddush. There is an advantage, Mrs. is great, you listening now, there is an advantage to use red wine over white wine there are some sitters who hold that white wine is not considered wine So therefore ideally the ideal wine one should use is red wine and not white wine however if you prefer white wine to red wine since a lot of lots of can say that white wine is also kosher for Kiddush if you prefer white wine, white wine to red wine you can use you should use the white wine, white wine rather than the red wine wine which has been cooked which is most of our wines nowadays have been pasteurized to, to a degree which is considered mavushal uh, they pasteurize it to, to, to very, very high degrees 85 degrees and some, sometimes even more than that so it's got it in a Mavoshul it has the advantage that there's no there's no Stam Yenom if a non-Jew would touch that wine or pour that wine it wouldn't make it awesome to drink but when it comes to Kiddush so there's a big machlech is whether you can use wine which is cooked for Kiddush or not the Mechaba says you shouldn't he has got two days in the Mechaba and the, the minig is to use wine which is cooked however if you have what, two, a choice of two wines in front of you one which is Mavoshul and one which isn't Mavoshul and they're both as agreeable to you as each other then ideally you should use the one which is not cooked because that is, according to some, that's not called wine. Uh, The the, the one which is cooked is not called wine. The same applies to wine which has has, uh, sugar mixed in which again, most of our wines which we get, do have sugar mixed in especially the Kiddush wines have have sugar mixed in. Uh, Again, the, the same rule applies Wine which has been cooked and which has had, had sugar mixed in is not wine which is fitting to be poured on the Mizbeah. And therefore, Kuntasam is not wine which is fitting to be used for Kiddush. And ideally, you shouldn't use it. If you have no other wine, you can use it. If you have a choice of two wines, take the one without the sugar added in. I think almost all wines nowadays, except for really a handful, have no sulfur. So the sulfide is mixed in. Mixed in. So, um, I don't think you can get away with that even if you tried. We then discuss making Kiddush on bread, on challah which we said that uh, it's again a big machvekis where one can make kiddush on, on, on bread, on challah, and ideally one should only make kiddush on wine if one can. If one can't make kiddush on wine, or there's no one in the room who can make kiddush on wine, you can't drink the wine, you don't have wine, there's no one in the room who can drink the wine, then you can make kiddush on bread. The other liquid that kiddush can be made on is, as we mentioned before, is Chama Medina, uh, a liquid which is the national drink. The national drink doesn't actually have to be the national drink. Uh, such as coca-cola is in America, it's a drink which as we discussed last week, either you would serve a respected visitor or a drink that the average person will drink together with a normal meal so, Hamar Medina would constitute um, whiskey, beer, things like that which are n- n- in effect national drinks, drinks that everybody will drink together with a meal or serve visitors, that's considered Hamar Medina if you have Hamar and you have bread, but you have no wine then Friday night you should ideally make Kiddush on bread. The Shabbos morning, if you make Kiddush on bread, where the, the, the whole bracha of Kiddush on Shabbos morning really only constitutes of the, the bracha of Boi or the bracha of Hamotzi, the, the other bits that we say before are just to make it sound more kiddushy, but really the main Kiddush, the actual Kiddush is just the Bichas Hamotzi or the Bichas Boi So if you make Kiddush on bread, you would have no visual difference between the average, the meal without Kiddush and the meal with Kiddush, because you're going to make Hamotchi anyway. So therefore, ideally, on Shabbos morning, you should make Kiddush on Chama Medina. And the is in, in the olden days, where, in the time of the Mishnah Brewer, in pre-war days, where wine was expensive, then it was standard to make kiddish on Chama Medina. Beer was cheap, wine was expensive. Shabbos morning, Friday night, everybody used to make kiddish on wine, because there was a Kiddush der If you got Shabbos morning, which is an Idah it was standard practice to make kiddish on Hamar Medina, and that's why that practice has continued amongst certain sections of the Clarisol, especially amongst the Chassidim, they are quite likely to make Kiddush Shabbos morning and get the Kiddush on a minuscule amount of Hamar Medina uh, we then discussed just finally other liquids that could, could according to some be, be constituted be called Hamar tea and coffee, according to most possible, is called Hamar and if one can't make Kiddush on wine on a Shabbos morning, or whiskey, or beer, then you can make Kiddush on tea or coffee um, milk fruit juices, lemonades, etc. These are big machlages in the Pashkeim and should be avoided unless you have nothing else to make Kiddush on. They should be avoided. And that really brings us to the end of, very briefly, to the end of, of the previous year. Now to move on to the final stages of Huchus Kiddush, there are one or two not so relevant Halachas, but quite, uh, most of them are very relevant. And we'll start with the non-relevant Halachas. Some of you have only a cup of wine. Now we mentioned before that there is a chiv to drink. At least the makkadish, the one who's making kiddish, has to drink from the wine. The people who are listening; don't really have to drink from the wine that kiddish is made of. But the makkadish, at least the makkadish, has to drink from the wine. Now, how much wine does he have to drink? I mean, if he would spill the wine by mistake after he's made kiddish, before he's drunk, does he have to refill the whole vase, the whole cup of wine? Can he just pour a little bit of wine in and drink that? Now, that's uh, again uh, not clear in Shulchan Aruch and the Maghavron takes on that you have to have a reverse of wine just in the cup to drink from the Meccabe should always drink from a, a, a cup of wine which has a reverse in it the difference is if the person has visitors for instance and doesn't want to drink from a cup of wine and then give that wine out to the visitors which is not hygienic it's already mentioned the Halakha one shouldn't quite do that then after Kiddush he pours his wine into a separate cup now if he's only going to pour a small amount of wine into a separate cup and drink meth then he hasn't fulfilled this Halakha of the Mugna Vrom of drinking out of a cup of wine with a reverse so what he should do is he should pour so rather, bigger, bigger cup of wine, pour a revius out into another cup, drink from that, and then fill up his becher with extra wine to give that out to other people. Where the halakha really becomes relevant is not so relevant to us, but in Shortham is mentioned, if a person only has a, a cup, one cup of wine of one and a half revius, the size of the becher is one and a half revius, and that's the only wine he has in the house, is one and a half revius of wine. Now, if you would make Kiddish Friday night in that, and then drink from that cup, and Shabbos morning, even if you only drink some Malay Lugmas, so he has a Reviah left in the cup, which we've mentioned before, with the Ebed, even if the cup's not full, but as long as there's a Reviah in, you can make Kiddush. But he can't make Kiddush in that cup because it's now become Puzzle. You've drunk from it once, and we mentioned this in, in, the, in the previous year, that once you've drunk from the cup of wine, you can't use it to make Kiddush. So what, what must he do? He must, before he drinks, pour some wine out. So here again it becomes relevant. Do you pour a small amount of wine out, drink from the second cup, and leave the rest of the, the Kiddush cup? For kiddish tomorrow, or do you pour most of the cup out, drink from the, or don't pour most, pour some of the cup out, drink from the cup that you made kiddish and then pour back the wine that you poured out. That would fix the problem, as we mentioned in the previous year. If you have wine which you've drunk from, if you add extra wine, that fixes the problem of pogrom. That way, you'd fix the problem of pogrom, and you'd you'd still have a cup of wine. You'd be drinking from a cup with a reverse and you'd have a reverse left for the next morning. So again, I don't want to get bogged down with the complications. But what the Magna Viram is saying is that you should ideally be drinking from a cup of wine with a reverse. Now that's all very well for the Makaddish. When it comes to the listeners it becomes very difficult. How do the listeners drink from a cup of wine of a Revere? And the Bermenik is not to be mucked with on that when it comes to the listeners and the listeners just, just get a thimbleful, If you're lucky. <coughs> if you only have one cup of wine which has to last you for Friday night, Shabbos morning and have dollar then ideally you should leave the cup of wine for Avdallah and make Kiddush on bread if you have beer in the house and one cup of wine then you should leave the beer for Avdallah because everybody agrees you can make Avdallah on beer but you should and use the cup of wine for Friday night because Friday night is a Kiddush Min an Shabbos morning is only Marder so if you have one cup of wine you use that for Friday night Kiddush if you have enough money to buy just wine for Kiddush or food for a meal if you have bread you already have bread in the house so you can make Kiddush on the bread then you should use the money to buy something for the meal. If you don't have bread in the house, then you should spend that money on buying either bread for Kiddish or wine for Kiddish. Kiddish comes before the actual Sudha. Somebody who washed and made Hamotzi and then before eating the bread remembered that they haven't made kiddish yet, can't make Kiddish then and just carry on eating the bread, because there everybody will agree that Kiddish is a hefik, that Kiddish is a a break between the brocha of Hamochi and the eating of the bread, you would have to make kiddush again and make the brocha of Hamochi again. Okay, that brings us to the end of the which aren't so relevant, but uh, interesting enough. Now to move on to that which is much more relevant is kiddush v'makam suddha. Kiddush v'makam is extremely important. It's halakh which people aren't so aware of. Um, we all know that kiddush v'makam suddha, kiddush must be in the place of eating and kiddush must be followed immediately by the meal, by eating some food but exactly the parameters of Kiddush and aren't so clear. So uh, the halacha is quite clear. You have to make Kiddush and eat at the same place as you made Kiddush. If you are in a completely different area, different place, a different house and you made Kiddush with intentions, to eat another and, well, and then you move next door to eat next door, you're not yet your Kiddush, you have to repeat your Kiddush. Kiddush must be made in the place that you are going to eat your meal. Now what exactly constitutes a place that's going to be, that's going to, that's where you are going to eat your meal isn't clear. If you are in a, roo- a big room and you have the meal on one side, and you were standing, you made kiddush on the other side of the room, even if it was so big that you couldn't see the place you were making kiddush, as long as it's one big room, from one corner of the room to the other corner of the room is considered the same place, you don't have to make kiddush again. If you're in two separate rooms, two separate rooms in a house, if you have no intention to eat, that means you made kiddush in one room, thinking you're going to eat there, and then you move next door to eat next door, you'd the if it's in the same house, you don't have to Sorry, if you don't have any intention, you have to make kiddush again. If you do have the intention to eat in the other room, if you made kiddush in one room with the intention to eat in the other room, then bidyevad, you can eat in the other room, you don't have to make kiddish again. That means if you make kiddush in one room with no intention to eat in the other room, you must repeat the kiddush. If you make kiddush in one room with the intention to eat in the other room, then the chakrili, you mustn't do that. But so bidyevad, if you have done that, you can eat without making kiddush again, without repeating kiddush. if you were in a, a second room without any intention to eat in, the, in, 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 a, in a second room, remember I mean you made kiddush next door and you didn't intend to eat in here but you could see from the place of kiddush, the place where you were eating, again the De'evah that constitutes one room and therefore you don't have to repeat kiddush, so if you made kiddush in a, second, in a separate room from where you were eating, if you had intention to eat in a separate room at the time of kiddush or you could see the place you were eating from the room, from the place, from the room that you made kiddush but the average, you do not have to repeat Kiddush. But l'chab khillah, you mustn't rely on that. You should make Kiddush in the very place that you are eating. If you are in a separate room, and you have das, you have the intention to eat in another room, plus you can see the place of where you, where you will be eating, and you can do that l'chab khillah. you can make Kiddush in the other room, and eat in a separate room. So, to repeat that very briefly, in one room, from one side of the room to the other room, is considered the place of eating. A separate room, Without any intention to eat in, 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 in the other room, without be, being able to see the place of where you shall be eating in the other room, you have to repeat Kiddush. If you can't see the place where you were eating or you had intention to eat in a separate room at the time of Kiddush, but the ever, you don't have to repeat Kiddush. If you had the intention to eat in a separate room and you could see both together, you could also see the place where you, want, where you, where you intended to eat in the other room, you do not need to repeat Kiddush. Not to, sorry, not only you don't need to repeat Kiddush, you can actually have Kiddish Kiddush in the other room. This becomes relevant with Sukkahs. People on sukkahs who are making kiddush in the sukkah and perhaps eat in the house, this is where it really becomes relevant. Sukkah is another issue, but if one, has, one can see from the sukkah the, uh, the other room and you have an intention to eat in the other room, you can make kiddush in the sukkah and eat your meal in the house. If you made kiddush and you didn't eat at all, for whatever reason that may be, you didn't eat at all, you're not yet to your kiddush, you have to repeat kiddush again. Kiddush Ma'akum Sudeh is not just it has to be in the place of where you're eating, it has to be followed by food. And not just has to be followed by food, it's got to be followed immediately by food. It has to be followed, the, the, the Shurma says, Niyad, it has to be followed straight away by food. There mustn't be a break between the Kiddush and the eating. Now again, what's considered immediately, and what's considered a break, yes? That's okay, because you are standing where you are eating, and you are going to be eating where you are making kiddies, where you are eating the kiddies, that's where you are eating. So that's fine. That's, 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 that he's making kiddies, that, that's fine. When you make kiddies, you have to eat immediately. Now, what's called immediately isn't clear. Um, some say, immediately means immediately. Mishnah Brewer seems to imply immediately means straight away, you've got to eat immediately. Some say that uh, the... the time span from kiddush to eating is the time it takes for the, the enjoyment of the drinking of the cup of wine to wear off which I suppose that varies from person to person but it's not very long definitely not very long the Orch says that the word immediately doesn't quite mean literally it just means don't delay unnecessarily so that gives us a little bit more time to play with but everybody agrees that ideally one should be washing and eating immediately, making kiddush and eating immediately to make kiddush and sit around talking to your guests for ten minutes would definitely constitute uh, a break in the halacha of kiddish b'maknasuda, and it could seriously mean that you might have to make kiddish again. If one made kiddish with intention to eat immediately, and something cropped up and you had to leave the room, for something somebody needs to be excused or something to that effect, then that's not considered a break. That's, that that the one doesn't need to repeat kiddish again. Or even if you didn't leave the room, but something cropped up which you have to which had to be taken care of immediately, since your intention is to eat and you really mean to eat straight away, this this disturbance c- came in the way that doesn't constitute a break and therefore you don't have to repeat Kiddush again either or if the break was the Tzoyach Sudah you were searching for the salt and you couldn't find the salt for the bread and it took you 10 minutes to you found it again that wouldn't, con- that wouldn't constitute a break and you wouldn't need to make Kiddush again but the rule is that Kiddush from Makhon must be at the place of where you're eating and you must eat immediately following the Kiddush The halak of Kiddush Mahkam applies not only to the person making Kiddush, but it applies to the people who are listening to the Kiddush as well. If somebody is listening to the Kiddush, that person hadn't actually made Kiddush, the requirements of Kiddush Mahkam apply to him as well, and if that person would delay unnecessarily between, make, it, make a, 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 an unnecessary delay between the Kiddush and the eating, again, he would have to repeat Kiddush. somebody who needs, needs to hear Kiddush but can't make Kiddush on their own an elderly person or somebody who's sick and can't, can't drink the wine and the only person who can make Kiddush for them is somebody who hasn't yet made Kiddush and has no intention to make Kiddush for themselves now now a is that that person the d can make Kiddush if the person who's listening can't make Kiddush on their own then somebody else can make Kiddush for them even if they have no intention to eat now and have no intention to be yeeted to the Kiddush now but they can make Kiddush just in order that the listener should be yet to the kiddush. If there's somebody unwell in the house and needs to make kiddush early, or whatever the story may be, somebody else can make kiddush for them, even if the person making kiddush is not eating, and not partaking of the kiddush, but one can make kiddush for somebody else, as long as the person who you're making kiddush for eats, then she is yet to, or he is yet to the mistress' kiddish. kiddush. Same applies if somebody has already made kiddush, and there's somebody else who needs to hear kiddush, and can't make kiddush on their own, then the person who's already made kiddush can make kiddush again for the Person who hasn't made kiddush, because we, we have a rule of kli sol or zelozeh. The whole of, everybody in kli is a guarantee, is a guarantor for everybody else. So if one person needs to hear kiddush, I am required to make sure that that person listens to kiddush, and that gives me the ability to make kiddush, even though I've already made kiddush once before. A woman can make kiddush, for this. A woman can make kiddush as well. A woman is mecholiv in kiddush as much as a man is mecholiv in kiddush, mm-hmm. except a woman shouldn't make kiddush for another man who is not a member of the household, which you mentioned in the previous year, ideally. So we said, if there's something which came in the way, by, you know, by accident, it's not your fault. That's not constituted a break. Well, that I can't answer you. The shulchan doesn't give a limit. So a break, I suppose. Uh, I suppose if, it takes, if you're busy with it the whole time, maybe that's not, not considered a break. I imagine until you, till you, if you get back immediately to your meal, then that would be okay. Hopefully, there should be no hafzalikos in between. Yes, now, what's called a Suda? This is very important. What is called a Suda? Can one make Kiddush and just drink, have a drink? Can one make Kiddush and have fruit? Can one make Kiddush and eat Muzaynas? Or does one actually have to have bread? Again, it's a very enormous Makhlechism in, 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 in the Paskim. And the Shurvan the, Aruch, the, the, the Vilna Gaon took on, one can only make Kiddush on bread and nothing else. If whenever, whenever one makes Kiddush, one has to wash and have, and have bread immediately. And there are some people, quite a lot of people, who are makbed on that and will never make Kiddush just on anything else besides bread. So that's an ideal. That's definitely not the minute of the, of the, the uh, public. The G'onim, and this is brought down in a short hour, the short Aruch, the G'onim hold that one can make Kiddush and be yotz of the mitzvah sudar on a cup of wine. So that would mean you can make Kiddush and then have another cup, another revise of wine. Ideally, it would mean another revise of wine after your Kiddush. Then if you've drunk that wine immediately after you make Kiddush, you have fulfilled the halacha of Kiddush you don't need to eat anything and you can eat an hour, two hours, three hours later you do not need to make Kiddush again that's called Kiddush from the Suda but some say even if you just drank a review of your Kiddush wine you didn't drink an extra cup of wine that's also called Kiddush from now the Goenim is, is a kula, it's a, a leniency it's not something which you rely on unless one has to, if one can't eat and needs to make Kiddush but can drink then one should make Kiddush and drink a reverse of wine, and that way you've been making the mitzvah of kiddush machnasuva. The poskim say that even though one should make kiddush on bread, pas uh, Ha-Bab-e-Kissnin cake, pas Ha-Bab-e-Kissnin is really bread which comes in a in a bag, which really means it's not clear what it means. But modern day cake biscuits are all considered L'halacha pas Ha-Bab-e-Kissnin Pas Ha-Bab-e-Kissnin is considered bread, but it's bread that one makes mazoenis on, not bread that one makes hamotzi on and here there is a kula which the Don didn't agree with but this is what is mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch and this is the minig that the, most people have that they will consider cake to be bread with respect to Suda and cake is called a Suda so if you make kiddush and you eat cake a kazayis of cake because the minimum Suda is a kazayis a kazayis of cake in the time span it takes to eat an Achilles Pras which as we mentioned in the previous year two minutes to nine minutes if you eat a kazayis of cake you have, you have fulfilled the mitzvah of kiddush the Mokham So Kiddush Mokham Sudha in an ideal world where we could wash that would be the ideal. The Minigah Elam is to rely on Mazaynas a Kazai of Mazaynas within two minutes and the average, if you can't manage on that then a cup of wine. There is a, third, a fourth Shetar and that's the Shitter of the Shilta Gibayim which is it's not, it's not, almost not even brought down to Shulchan Aruch but that is, you can make kiddush on fruit. Now that's something which we, which nearly all the plus disagree with, and should only be used in real, in dire straits if somebody's unwell and really can't eat anything else and can't drink wine and only can eat fruit, then one should make kiddush and can, one can rely on that shit and just eat fruit as the suda So ideally one should, in, in an ideal world one should wash, but La chilah is quite, quite perfect to eat mezanus, a I have if one can't eat exasin mezainus, one should have at least drink uh, a beverage of wine, grape juice. Grape juice is the same as wine in, 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 with this respect. And if one can't even do that, then with the Everett, in a shasat in, in chak, one can eat fruit. Mezainus, we must know note, is only bread, only cake which is mezainus. So on Pesach, those who don't eat um, matzimil mixed with water, with any liquid, so therefore don't cake you only have shahako cakes and shahako cake is not considered pasal barbekistan and cannot be used to be called a suda for Kiddush so on Pesach, if you only have shahako cake at home the only way you can be makan the, the Kiddush Markham suda is to wash immediately, unless if you can't wash and you really need to have a drink and you can make Kiddish Kiddush and drink a reese of wine and uh, ever be the evidence of the Kiddush that way Those who are listening to Kiddush those who are listening to Kiddush not the one who is actually making Kiddush the ones who are listening to Kiddush must, must ideally listen to every word of Kiddush if they don't hear every word of Kiddush it, it, it's possible they have not fulfilled the message of Kiddush they have to hear every single word of Kiddush they shouldn't speak from the time the Kiddush has been started right the way through till after the Makaddish has drunk some of the wine So they've got to stand there quietly and listen to to every word of Kiddush and remain quiet if they can till the end of the the Kiddush actually drinking. If one couldn't remain quiet for that long, or the fellow who was making Kiddush uh, was saying with a lot of Kavon and it was taking too long, and one had to speak in the middle somewhere, and one did speak, then where one speaks makes a difference whether one has to repeat Kiddush or not. If one spoke in the middle of Vayichulu, then, as we mentioned in the previous year, Vaychul is not really part of Kiddush. If you heard every word of Kiddush from the Baruch of and right through to the end of Kiddush, that's fine. You don't have to repeat Kiddush at all. If you spoke during the Baruch of Goffin, but you didn't speak during the Brok of Kiddush, you heard the whole Brach of Kiddush, but you didn't hear, it. I mean you spoke during the Baruch of so the Baruch of you haven't fulfilled, you're not being used to your Baruch of with the Makadish because you spoke, but you have fulfilled your Mitzvah of Kiddush. So all you have to do is, before you drink, is to make a bracha of If you spoke during the first few words of the bracha of Kiddush, that's Borach HaTashem the words Lekeinu, or you spoke in the last few words in the Borach HaShabos, then you have to repeat the Kiddush. If you have no choice, you have to repeat the Kiddush again. So if you spoke in the opening words of the, of the bracha of Kiddush, if you spoke in the final words of the bracha of Kiddush, you then have to repeat the Kiddush if you spoke in the middle of the Brock of Kiddush, if you heard every word, you, might, you, you spoke but at the same time managed to hear every word, then believe it, do not need to repeat Kiddush again. And as we mentioned before, if you spoke after Kiddush was finished, before you're actually drunk, then you've been next to Kiddush, if you, if you, come, if you are going to drink wine, you have to make another Boi Pera because since you spoke in between the Boi Pera and the drinking, that's, con- that's considered a, a hefzik, you have to repeat the again. So I'll just repeat that once more just in case because it can happen especially with children If you spoke during Vaychulu if somebody spoke during Vaychulu you do not need to repeat Kiddush again Vaychulu is not really part of Kiddush If you spoke during the bracha of often, then when you drink wine after Kiddush you have to make a new often, but you, are, you have fulfilled your Mitzvah of Kiddush If you spoke during the beginning of the first few words of the bracha of Kiddush that's Boruch HaPashem Ulekeinu in the first few words of the bracha or in the final words of the bracha then you have to repeat Kiddush again if you spoke in the middle of the Bracha it's not so, not so clear, clear we have to repeat again so therefore we don't repeat again as only if you, if you heard all the words of Kiddush if you spoke and therefore missed some of the words of Kiddush then of course you have to repeat Kiddush again and if you spoke after Kiddush but before you drank, drunk then you have to repeat the Baruch Perajah often but you do not have to repeat, repeat Kiddush those who are listening to Kiddush must answer main but shouldn't say or Varshimoi. Because again, Barakul Varshimoi could be considered a break, could be considered speaking. It's not the same as Armen. Armen is a must. Barakul Varshimoi is not a must. So Amen, you must answer after every brochure, but Barakul Varshimoi you shouldn't answer because that could be considered a hepsak in the brochure. However, if you did say Barakul Varshimoi, you don't have to repeat Kiddush again. That really brings us to the end of Rechas Kiddush. And we'll just spend a, a, another few moments, if you don't mind, on a few basic halachas of Rechas Hamaytzi. Bechet on Friday night, Shabbos morning, the minig is, is, is to have Lechem Mishnah. Lechem Mishnah means you should make the Bech, the of Hamaytzi, you should make the Brach of on, a, on two complete loaves of bread. It should be two, and it should be complete loaves of bread. A complete loaf of bread means complete. However, if it's got a slit in it, or a crack in it, but the loaf is actually complete, that's considered complete a split in it a split can mean a cut not just a split I mean even a cut right the way down as long as it's by holding the smaller side the larger side will still remain attached it won't fall off from its own weight it's still attached to the left to the degree that by holding the smaller side the heavier side will still remain attached then it's considered shalim and one can ha- happily use it for commissioner. if it would fall off then it's considered split and it's not considered a, a, a shalim bread which sticks together in the oven and you separate it after after baking some poskim seem to say that's okay I think the Jinsky's and all the bakeries around here seem to rely on those poskim but all their bread is uh, almost all of it is stuck together at baking and then pulled off after baking so with the ever one can rely on those poskim or mekel and consider it uh, a lecha mishnah if one doesn't have shlemus then you should uh, you can make you should have you should make the lachhamishnah with two pieces. There should be two. If you have one shalim and a piece, then make, make lachamishna on a shalim and a piece. If you have no bread at all in the house with the Eved, as we mentioned before, since pasta barbakishmin cake is considered a sudha, you can be convey your Suda on pasta babakisnin and if you fix a Suda on pasta babakisnin you make a on on pasta babakisn as well. So if you take two complete pasta babakishnis, either a cake or a biscuit Etc. should be the a v'kizayis. If you take two complete cakes of biscuits, that will be considered shleimish, and you could be there and make kiddush on that. The Moshe Feinstein was make that you can even use frozen bread, frozen challah as a lechomishness. So if you have only one complete challah out, but if you have a complete challah in the freezer, then take that out of the freezer, and that can be considered your second complete loaf. Now Friday night, interestingly the Shukhanach tells us that Friday night, the meaning is to take a knife and cut, make a, uh, not, not a complete cut, make a, a, a sign of a cut, just a, a very small indentation in the complete challah, not to make it, not to, not to render it not complete, but to see it, it have a sign of where one's going to cut later. In, during the week one was cut even further, but Friday night we just make, because when you you just make a very a, a slight indentation. Now the Shulchanak tells us, uh, the one that you've cut, which is the one that you're going to eat on Friday night, the Rambam says should be the lower colour. and on Friday and the other, and the not the one that you're not going to eat should be the upper challah. Shabbos morning, the one that you should eat should be on top, and the one that you're not going to eat should be underneath, and that goes again for all Yom meals. Yom night and Yom morning, the one on top is the one you eat, the one underneath is not the one you eat. Only Friday night, and the remark says that that's, um, comes from Kabbalah, the one you eat should be the lower one. However, the can have difficulty with that because we have a rule, ein ma'avirin al mitzvahs. You mustn't pass over anything for a mitzvah. So, for instance, if you were making a brocha on an apple and you had two apples in front of you, ideally you should make a brocha on the... You should eat the first apple. You've got two loaves of bread in front of you, and you're making a brocha, you should really eat the one that's in front of you. Now, so if you're going to put one on top and one underneath, the one on top is one that's in front of you. So there of the Mokan the uh, et Ra, etc. And the other Mokashim uh, and the Shulchan find it difficult to understand this so Ramah. How can it be that Friday night the says you should eat the lower one and bypass the upper one. We are bypassing the halacha of Ein Malveri and And therefore some Paskim say when you have a Kabbalah against the Gomorrah we always stick to the Gomorrah and therefore you shouldn't eat even Friday night the lower one, you should only eat the upper one. However the Taz and that's how we take on our and naisa most minig is, is like the Taz the Taz says you can get around that very easily if you just pull the lower one slightly nearer and the upper one slightly further away then you've, got, you've fulfilled both requirements you've, you've fulfilled the Kabbalah of having the bottom one being the one that you eat and the top one the one that you're not eating and you haven't been you haven't passed over the top colour because the lower one is closer to you so that's what the minigir enemy is to you have the cut the bottom one on a Friday night bring it slightly nearer so it's, it's no problem being margarin on the mitzvah and you fulfill the requirement of Kabbalah as well. Shabbos morning or yomph night and yomph of morning you, you cut the upper one and not the lower one. Again when one is being most other people with a, with a bracha of Amritzi the person who's making, as we mentioned before the person who's making the bracha should eat before the other people eat and once he's eaten then you can give your challah to the people who are listening. And two more small rules which apply to, around the year, nothing to do with Shabbos, but it's more relevant for us with Shabbos, one shouldn't throw bread across the table. Some, some not do have the meaning, if I, know right, if I remember rightly, throw bread, but the Shuch seems to say one shouldn't throw bread across the table. Um, and one final loch, you shouldn't pass the bread from one hand directly to another hand, because in the, in the old days that was the meaning of Avelim, they would pass the bread from the person who was slicing the bread directly to the hand of the Ovil, and that was a sign of velas. in order there shouldn't be a sign of velus which could bring bad luck into the house as the said you shouldn't pass directly your bread from the hand of the person who is making the brokha to the person who is taking it you should put it down on the table and let them take from the table and that's more or less the meaning of most of us so that brings us to the end of Kiddush and Bichlis HaMaitzi and uh, we'll now move into the actual suda itself but to understand and to go through the halachas of the suda we have to understand the halachas of Hazara, Shihir and Bishul, which are extremely relevant and extremely important, the halachas of keeping food on fire, on a hot plate with a blech, without a blech, returning to a fire, with a blech, without a blech, with, onto a hot plate, etc. and what, what's considered Bishul, what's not, not considered Bishul, if your is burning, can you add hot water, etc. All these we will try and cover Rehosham in the coming Shioran. So in the next, next uh, in two weeks time, and uh, uh, some of the which will try and cover all those halos. Just to finish off very briefly with a, a short halacha tonight, I'm sure you all realised is Hamisho Asol B'Shvat. Tesvah B'Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Leilones. The Mishnah tells us is Machlechis B'Shama. The Siddle is it Alef B'Shvat? Is it Rosh Chodesh B'Shvat? Rosh Hashanah Is it the fifteenth of Shvat, which is tonight, the Rosh Chodesh Leilones? And we take on like but the Siddle halacha that the fifteenth of Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah Leilones. Rosh Hashanah Leilones, though it's not just a birthday for the trees it can't be we don't say Tachlan on, on Tesla Bishvat. if we don't say Tachman there must be a Yom there for us as well and there must be something in the day of, of Teshav Bishvat which applies to us not just to the trees the Mephoshim all of them go on the same on the same lines they all explain it on the same lines that so the pasuk calls a man the Adam man is compared to a tree and there's many reasons why man is compared to a tree, I don't want to spend time with that tonight, but man is compared to a tree, and if it's Rosh Hashanah, Le Lames, there's an element of Rosh Hashanah here for man as well. We've we'll discussed this a few times, but we'll mention it again, man is made up always of three parts. He's made up of what we call the nephesh, the most physical side of man, which in the, in the makeup of the physical person, the Macfarshim explained that's considered that the is the kidneys, the kidneys is the lowest organ in the body it's the organ which cleanses the blood that's considered the most physical part of the body that's the the kidneys that corresponds to the nefesh the physical side of a person we have the ruach the life of a person which corresponds to the heart the heart is what beats the the, the oxygen sends oxygen the oxygenated blood around the body that's the heartbeat is the sign of a a living person the heart constitutes the ruach of a person and the heart Chazal us is placed a third down the body. I mean, just at the end of the third, the beginning of the second third of the body, that's where the heart is placed. And at the top third of the body, we have the brain, the sechel, which is the uh, seichel of a person, which is the intellect of man, which is the highest and the uppermost part of a person. So man's made up of three parts: the physical part, which is really dormant; it has no life in its own in its own right. Its life only comes from the ruach from the heart. The heart is really the the living being is the heart and the intellect is what's really above above the person the same is very, very much the same thing applies right there through the year if you count the number of months in the year you'll find that Shvat, and Tesavuot Shvat falls in just at the beginning of the second third of the year you have Tishri Cheshvan Kislev and Teves, which is the first third of the year then Shvat starts the second third of the year so in, Kis, in Tishri Cheshvan Kislev Teves that corresponds to the nephesh to the most dormant part of man that, that's really this no life around the trees are bare everything's dark it corresponds to the, 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 the part of man that is dormant as if, as if there's no life there as if it has no, no spirit no spirit of life in it at all Shvat begins the third the, the second third of the year the second third of the year is where the heart is that's the life of a person so Shvat is the beginning of the renewal of the life of the year Shvat is when the sap begins to rise up in the trees, so the life is beginning to revive itself in the second, in the second third of the year. That's Shvat. That corresponds to the heart. Hakur sends down in this second third of the year, starting with Shvat, the Kuntabesh in the beginning of Shvat, the Kuntabesh in sends this new renewing, renewal of life down, which is evident in the physical world, evident in the trees, which are in the physical world that the, this renewal is evident but this renewal is there for everybody it's not there just for the trees it's there for man as well there's a new spirit of life which gets sent down beginning of Shrat which a person who understands and can feel and tries to attach himself to can really be elevated in this new spiritual life which is coming down on Shrat if you follow the year through you will find that Shvush falls in the last third you have Shrat Adar, and Nisan here. And then Sivan, Thomasov Elo Sivan is where is. That's the beginning of the third, the top third, which is corresponds to the Sechel, That's when we got the Teyr. The terrier is the Sechel of Kali The Teyr the represents the intellect of Kali So the cycle of the year very much corresponds to the cycle of to the, to the makeup of man. And just as in the cycle of the year, there's this new re, re, renewal, this new revive, re, revival, this new freshness, this new life, which is taking place all around us, beginning. In vishmat, that same renewal is there for us to grab and for us to take and for us to attach ourselves to and we can take that new life a new spiritual life which is is sending down which is evident in the physical world and if we attach ourselves to that we can reach much greater heights, enormous heights in spirituality starting from Teshuvah Vishvat right away through to the end of the year because Teshuvah Vishvat is Rosh Hashanah it means it's, it's a, new, a, a new beginning of a year for man as well it's the beginning of a year of a spiritual year for man it's a time when a person can Throw off the winter blues and start looking forward to the sunshine and to the positiveness of the summer. It's a time when there's, there's renewal in the air, and that's a time when we can really take to ourselves in a spiritual way, be it through, through understanding, through keeping halakas, be it through, through davening, through the men learning, wherever it may be. It's a time for refreshing ourselves and attaching ourselves to this new life which the Shalom is sending down. And if we do that, we can reach tremendous great heights. And because of all that, we can be zayikah right to the if I go. Blessed are Hashem and here be Amen or Me.